Welcome to our first GameSpace AMA session on Twitter Spaces. Uh, my name is Dana, I'm head of marketing at GameSpace, and I'm happy to introduce our co-founders, Ranel Hanani and also Konstantin Kogan, uh, who are joining us today to tell us more about the latest updates, uh, also upcoming Metaverse launch, current market situation, and as well uh, to answer all the questions of our community. So let's start. And uh, I'm opening a mic for Eran and Konstantin. Thank you, Dana. As you can see, the market has kind of collapsed. Um, and Ethereum went down drastically and dragging the entire market with them. This market, we have no idea how long it will last. Obviously, we're optimists, but then we're also realists. So we're going to wait and see how things evolve. Right now, it's obviously not a great time to launch new projects, which is why we're monitoring, but not launching new ones at the moment. We have a substantial pipeline of projects. We have around 20 projects in our pipeline, but we're all waiting to see how things will evolve in the market. No one wants to right now at this bloodbath. Constantine, you want to add something on that? <laughs> to be honest, yeah, not much to that. Uh, I mean, we definitely need to go to over like some of the major events that happened recently, right? So, um, and it probably, um, you know, share our two cents on, or two satoshis, you know, like what happened actually, why we see such a dramatic drop into the Bitcoin and Ether prices. And um, as we know, all the altcoins are usually correlated to this, you know, to the major pairs of Bitcoin and Ether, and that impacts tremendously the entire market. So I think if we go over a few things and lay out the perspectives of what's, you know, our vision, what's going to happen in the coming month or maybe end of the year, it will be much easier to understand our vision and position. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to add. I mean, bottom line is there's a few things that are impacting the price currently. I mean, one was the war, Russia, Ukraine, obviously didn't do well for the market. Then we had the inflation going up everywhere around the world. I mean, we're in the US, we see that, I mean, the unemployment, the rates of the inflation, things are going up not healthy for the economy. You see all the stocks, stock market crashing. And while everyone was thinking that maybe Bitcoin is not correlated to stock markets, then it seems to be defying it and it seems to be correlated right now. Um, then we had UST crash and Luna obviously created mistrust in crypto and stable coins and people don't differentiate UST, that was an algorithmic stable coin, to actual stable coins that are supported by some assets. They just automatically not trust any stable coin at the moment and think they can all collapse. Then we're seeing um, even big companies like Celsius really, you know, stopping withdrawals because everyone was destroying their funds out of them. And that was way too much, way too fast. So they had to shut the pipeline for now in order to be able to stabilize themselves. Because any bank in the world, if all the customers went at the same time and asked for their funds, they wouldn't be able to get it. And that bank would have to, to close and collapse. 
Um, so obviously everything together just keeps adding up to the mistrust right now in crypto and to people trying to cash out and leave. So we're not sure how long that will take until things will obviously bounce and people will get back in and build trust again. Anything to add, Constantine? In your opinion? Yeah, I mean, there are several other, just to add to few, your points, there are several major important things to watch, right? So first of all, I have to understand what's happening on the other side, like of the, they're, they're, Bitcoin is held as a treasure reserve for many hedge funds and for many, like now, as we know, a lot of publicly traded companies, including well-known, you know, MicroStrategy that has actually put a, like, substantial amount of uh, billions of dollars in, into <laughs> into Bitcoin and, you know, they are trading NASDAQ. Now, there's a there's an interesting debate here, what's going to happen, where the price will, you know, will be hold. So, I, I want to just say a few words right now if you're looking at, you know, at the market. Uh, there are several things which might happen that can like impact the market even further. So that's why when when you see a lot of major anal um, analysts are saying that twenty thousand to twenty one thousand is kind of the 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 lowest level. There's a reason for that because if there if it go down, there'll be a margin call. Uh, what people don't understand probably, or not everyone, so the um, you know there's Bitcoin ETFs right now, and right for example, if you take a look at just purely MicroStrategy, it's already down 27%. Uh, and if it's going to continue like that, the margin call can actually create really really big problems not only for them so I, I believe that they will do everything possible to convince more people to buy at this level to actually support the price and uh as we've seen several cycles already like you know we've been in space for years so that's my cycle number probably six or seven um there are big institutions who are actually waiting for this to to pour into this market more money um, and you know that I, I do believe that at somewhere at the level of between the twenty four between the twenty thousand and twenty five thousand, we will see a reverse uh, kind of tra trajectory, and people will start buying because if not, then it can be a bigger bigger problem for for publicly traded companies, which I'm not. It will impact further the stock market, and I don't think it's in anyone's interest. So there's always an opportunity. Uh, you want to add a few, few things, Ron? No. I mean, it is in some people's interest, obviously. There's always going to be players that are going to try and manipulate and create the fund and, and try to pick at cheaper prices. So they will put some pressure on sell pressure. They'll create fund. They'll do whatever they need to do in order for the retail buyer to dump the tokens as cheap as possible so they can pick it up. So we, we don't know where really it's going to go down to. It's a always a struggle between the bulls and the bears. So I guess we'll wait and see about that, where really is the bottom line. Hopefully 20 is the bottom line, but, but yeah, no guarantees on that either. Yeah, but what we know for sure, for example, is like as an example in MicroStrategy, like if you look at their, like they, they put like more than three billion, like what I think roughly $3 billion of uh, companies holdings. So we're, we're, you know, now they're like 1.7 billion right now. So they lost, they lost substantial amount of value and their, de their debt, they actually, they took a loan at 20%, 25% LTV. So the margin call occurs at 50% LTV. That means, so essentially, Bitcoin needs to cut into half or around 21,000 before they would have a margin call. So 
I, I believe they will do everything in their force possible. Not only them, there are a lot of other players who might face similar risks. Uh, they're just probably over leveraged with a bit too much. It's a separate discussion whether a company should do that. But if you believe that this is one of the examples of how big institutions allocate billions of dollars into the major crypto, now you can imagine what happens with others where they're even less secure and they can take a bigger hit. We're talking about uh, altcoins which have lower market caps, bigger volatility, and hence bigger impact on the price. Specifically, our portfolio companies are young startups, right? So we cannot expect them to be more resilient in this bear market. And as much as we understand people might be upset when they look at their portfolio and their whole and their potential returns, well, we, we also have to understand this is, this is a long-term game. If you're talking about VC logic here, if you're, like, if you're investing as a venture capitalist and you expect the company to grow over years, uh, unless you actually liquidated the position, meaning you sold with a loss, you haven't lost money yet. It's a hypothetical loss, the same as you can see in bull market, it's a hypothetical gain, unless you actually liquidate it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah just wanted to. Um, I mean, stock markets are also down. Some companies are also down in the stock market 90%. So it's not just crypto. It's seeing the volatility all over. Um, hopefully, things will improve. Maybe the inflation, if the, the inflation will manage to restrict it and the numbers will show an improvement over the next months, that will be a nice booster. If somehow the war in, with Ukraine is going to be somehow stopped, that will be a boost. There's many things that could potentially boost it. So let's hope and be optimistic. But in any case, just to give you guys an update, we on our end holding our treasury in, in stable coins, so we didn't take a big hit like some other companies. That also is one of the reasons some companies are going to shut down and are not going to make it through this bear market because they either Bitcoin or Ethereum or Luna and UST. Um, we luckily, not luckily, but we made the decision to be more conservative and keep stable coins, and that pretty much made sure that our treasury is maintained and we have the runway for another two years or so. So I want everyone to understand that our project is not in any dissolution risk or anything like that. So just to give you a quick update about that. Yeah. And, and, and also to add to the, you know, I mentioned about the correlation of crypto and stocks, right? For the, for the majority of Bitcoins, like, you know, we already have 14 years history. The charts and the crypto market generally haven't moved in tandem with, you know, equity markets or any broader economic trends. Actually, I remember in a previous, my, in my previous years in the hedge fund times when we raised money, those are one of our major kind of selling points that, look, you can have access to, uh, to an asset, a digital asset that is uncorrelated with traditional assets. That gives you a different type of exposure, different type of risk, right? But right now, actually, <laughs> to be fair, it's, you know, it's, it's getting more and more like, correlated in a way. And there is a reason for that. Because globally, as Ron mentioned, that the, the, the global economy is changing. And people not ignore. In the times of uh, when the entire economy is a bit rocky, right? You know, the, the riskiest assets, which, let's be honest, crypto is a, is a bit of a riskier investment in, in the eyes of a lot of like, traditional retail investors and even institutional so obviously they, they they take a different stance here right so 
even though we we, we 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 always say it's a hedge against inflation, which we, I mean, personally, I believe that is a hedge against inflation in many ways, because as much as we see like gold standards of uh, hedges, you know, it's no longer hedging. Iran uh, mentioned the R- Russia and Ukraine war. Like we've seen rubble that's like was back now trying they're trying to back it with gold, for example, and their Russia has one of the biggest gold reserves in the world. And it's still not helping them a lot when the global economy is interconnected and the sanctions are hitting them. So the world is changing in many ways. And I think it's, it's very important before we get into more like, you know, kind of depressed state of things, just to realize that it's not only crypto markets and stay positive on a long term. Yeah. And with that being said, we will move to the next subjects that are more relevant to you guys and to the, our platform right now. So we're happy to announce that we are launching the bull claimer. I mean, most of you might have already seen it in some way on our UI interface. And basically that means that all future projects and even past projects, basically tokens will be moved into that claimer and you'll be just able to just to claim from it whenever you want. So. The future distribution won't be dependent on when we distribute or stuff like that. Tokens will be put in the in the claimer, and you'll be able to pick them whenever you want. You want to add to that, Constantine? Um, not really. You know, like I think we will just release more occasional video, like tutorial how to use it. Um, shared links in our channels, in Telegram channel, like in all the other social media like here, obviously in Twitter here. So yeah, and that will be an opportunity for people to use it, not only for our project, but for any other like portfolio companies or any other friendly project that would love to use it. Mm-hmm. Also, to give you a little bit update, um, we have been making substantial progress with our metaverse. As you might, might know, we have been building it for the last few weeks to designing it the few last months. Um, we have one team already of over 10 developers and artists working on it. We also finalizing the acquisition of a gaming studio, a design and production studio, and a metaverse studio. So we'll be adding around 50 plus developers and designers, artists, in order to expedite a metaverse development as well as developing games on the in our metaverse. Um, we're also working right now on boarding major brands from different industries. We have just started with some of them, so it's pretty fresh. But we already started discussions with some. We're hoping to bring on board quite a few before we will launch our own dance sales. We want to have already a few partnerships in place to make it strong. And obviously that will impact the token demand um, because a lot of a portion of the land sale will be done with our tokens. So that should help on that end. Yeah, and, and just to maybe, I know there are a lot of kind of, there, there's more metaverses coming out and the, the rational question is like, you know, which one is going to win? Why do you need so many? And et cetera, et cetera. So I just want to demystify a few things on this level because 
it's still very new, still very fresh. And we know some success stories, which, you know, go up like, you know, Sandbox, the Central and many others, like, but um, it's, you have to understand each ecosystem will be unique. And there's, we believe there's, a, there's actually space for hundreds because each one will have a unique audience. Each one ha will have unique brand presence and they will have unique, for example, ours is going to be unique in terms of economy, like in game economy and the utilities. So like inside, like, you know, there are the metaverse and, on on a general like the there's still a huge transition from web two to web three in in, in practicalities if you're talking about statistics like right now the latest like research I was reading like sixty four percent of merchants have significant interest in offering cryptocurrencies right now and they their main focus is to improve and their customer experience and integrate digital assets into their uh, different like payment systems so we're talking about uh, Fortune 500 companies who will inevitably all be in this digital space. And if we consider, just for the sake of example, the 3 billion gamers will slowly convert the users inside the metaverse as they will, they will play games and exchange digi digital assets. Think about it, where the the average cost for them will be, for the merchants, will be from 100,000 to 1 million to implement crypto payments, which is not a lot. For a big company, it's like it's a matter of a little bit of research and development and maybe a few months of work up to a year. And then right now the penetration is very low. So by 2027, we like we're gonna see huge spike of, of companies who will start integrating this new worlds and new solutions into the traditional payment systems where you will be able to trigger, let's say, even an, an acquisition of a physical product inside the metaverses. So the entire experience of buying, purchasing not only digital assets like a skin in a game or an NFT, but also physical products will shift tremendously. And because we understand this trajectory and we believe this is the future, that's why we're building it, building it now as Aran mentioned. Yes, and as I mentioned, we are acquiring some studios and we are all constantly looking at opportunistic uh, acquisitions and purchases and basically Keep in mind that most projects that are building right traverses and stuff like that, if you look at the actual staff, there are 10 to 20 people. We'll be, by the end of the month, most likely over 100 people. So just to give you proportions on our vision and goals and skill, and skill, we definitely believe that we'll catch up to the top projects in the space fast enough. Um, so that's about our metaverse. We talked about the projects. We talked about the claiming. Uh, but just about the claiming, by the way, if I may, just a really quick addition I forgot to mention. One thing worth mentioning is that um, the bull claimer is, uh, will be full tr fully transparent, so people will be able to claim as soon as the project sends tokens to the smart contract. Right. So just uh, for someone who haven't used this, right, you know, instead of just manually, like as it was done, like it, it would be very easy, and you know, the the, the, the smart contract will actually allow. Um, to, to vest the tokens in a certain way and they will be programmable so it will be easy to use and we'll look, in, we'll look into audits and to make sure that it's secure. Um, so I think that's also worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. And um, regarding other aspects, then as you know, we have an incubator that being, and we have been incubating some projects. With the current market, obviously, we're not in a rush to have them go to the market and list. Also, Fundraising has been a little bit slower because most funds have 
either shut down investments or been reducing or taking longer to close investments. So we're in the mean, meantime, while we're also building our own products, we're also letting our incubation projects keep on developing and building. We think it's a good thing. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think to implement crypto pay payments, which is not a lot for a big company. It's like it's a matter of a little bit of research and development and maybe a few months of work up to a year. And then right now, the penetration is very low. So by 2027, we like we're going to see huge spike of, of companies who will start integrating this new worlds and new solutions into the traditional payment systems where you will be able to trigger, let's say, even an, an acquisition of a physical product inside the metaverses. So the entire experience of buying, purchasing not only digital assets like a skin in a game or an NFT, but also physical products will shift tremendously. And because we understand this trajectory and we believe this is the future, that's why we're building it, building it now as Aran mentioned. Yes, and as I mentioned, we are acquiring some studios and we are constantly looking at opportunistic uh, acquisitions and purchases. Then basically, keep in mind that most projects that are building right versus and stuff like that, you look at the actual staff, there are 10 to 20 people. Will be by the end of the month most likely over a hundred people. So, just to give you proportions on our vision and goals and skill and skill, we definitely believe that we'll catch up to the top projects in the space fast enough. Um, so that's about our metaverse. We talked about the projects. We talked about the claiming. Uh, but just about the claiming, by the way, if I may, just a really quick addition I forgot to mention. One thing worth mentioning is that um, the bull claimer is, uh, will be full tr fully transparent, so people will be able to claim as soon as the project sends tokens to the smart contract, right? So just uh, for someone who haven't used this, right, you know, instead of just manually, like as it was done, like it, it would be very easy. And, you know, the, 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 the smart contract will actually allow... Um, to, to vest the tokens in a certain way and they will be programmable so it will be easy to use and we'll look, in, we'll look into audits and to make sure that it's secure. Um, so I think that's also worth mentioning. Mm -hmm. And um, regarding other aspects, then as you know, we have an incubator that being, and we have been incubating some projects. With the current market, obviously, we're not in a rush to have them go to the market and list. Also, Fundraising has been a little bit slower because most funds have either shut down investments or been reducing or taking longer to close investments. So we're in the meantime, while we're also building our own products, we're also letting our incubation projects keep on developing and building. We think it's a good thing. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. I think projects launching in the market more mature and with better products and closer to mainnets and stuff like that is a healthy thing. This is also what we're looking for right now in projects that we are researching and planning to launch. We want them to be more advanced in that way, closer to actual utility, not immediate, then at least very short period until there is a utility. So that's about our incubation. So it's happening, it's just slower and will take longer to get to the market. But there are projects um, also in regards to the, our NFT marketplace. So far, you only seen it 
when you wanted to buy or sell RFPs. That being said, we have been working in the background on we want to make it multi-chain and we're going to start bringing multiple collections, hopefully more unique collections. So it's not going to be just another marketplace, but it's going to be more like a boutique marketplace of top collections. So you will see progress with the NFT marketplace as well. And that also should help with the token demand. Um, and we're also developing some other very interesting features that I don't think anyone has it right now. I'm sure they'll copy it soon after they'll see us launching and the success. But you'll soon see a feature in our NFT marketplace that no one has and will definitely drive token demand. I don't want to spoil it yet. Hopefully we'll have it ready by like end of month. So you'll hear more about it when it's actually ready. I don't want to give any of our competitors ideas first. So we will launch it and then you will see. And I believe you'll, you'll be happy with it. Any, anything else, Kostin? No, I think like for the last minutes, you know, just before we open up any to any questions, you know, just we, we just came back also from consensus in Austin. So the, yeah, I mean, the, the conference was actually like fully packed. You know, there's a lot of players in the market still enthusiastic. Like, you know, there's a lot of lower exciting panels. Uh, we met with our portfolio companies with some future potential investments, you know, with, uh, you know, other funds or and exchanges that we work together. Uh, to build new relationships and to make sure that you know we maintain the existing one. So, despite the fact that you know the market is not probably in a great shape right now, still people are building, people are developing, and we are doing everything we can to stay relevant and to make sure that our team you know is intact. We still um, we have 54 people team already, and we're very proud of it, and that we can still even in this market. So, um, support the team and support our community and sh show resilience even in the hardest times. So yeah, I mean, we're we're just doing what we, we have to do, as Aaron mentioned. Uh, and I think with this set, we might open a mic just, to some. Just before that, yeah. Um, so yes, as Kensington said, we're going to conferences, but we're not going to boots and to listen to sure. We're going to work. So when we go there, we have we set meetings, very strategic and specific meetings. We network, and we dominate the rooms we go to. And yeah, it's a process, but we're building a lot in the background, which obviously this is not the time that you will see it, but everything is progressing. We have amazing relationships with some big Q1 funds that we're getting closer and closer with and sharing deals flow with. We have with some projects and protocols. So things are improving and getting better, but when the market will become bullish again, you'll see all of it really, you'll see the results of all our work. We go and we work, we don't stop working. Well, other might take vacation, they'll say, oh, it's bear market, so let's sit and wait. We just keep on working and building and developing relationship and partnerships. Anyway, so with that being said, now we will open the mic and take some questions or feedback or whatever you guys want. So 
Dana will decide who. You just, I think you need to raise your hand or something like that. Yeah, and you, you need to nominate a speaker. I think uh, Alita, you can speak. Hi, guys. Hopefully you can hear me. Yes, fantastic. So first of all, I'm super happy that finally we can have this kind of MMA really like directly, not not in a text written as it used to be in the Telegram. So first of all, I'm super happy about that. Hello. Because this one's for sure good. Uh, I, I got plenty of questions to be honest. So I mean, first feedback for sure after what you mentioned, Aaron. I'm super happy as well to hear that the approach is not to be like seasonal as as or cyclo cyclical like normally cryptocurrency market is. So that you build when when there is let's say people in the market, but you just stop building and you take a break uh, when when no one is on the market. So I'm super happy to hear that you are great growing. I got like maybe three questions. I'm just only thinking how how you are looking for those projects which actually have already the content, maybe some kind of gaming studio which already has a product, and now oh. they are thinking to move to the crypto or maybe they are planning to move the crypto, but they would rather bring something to the market and not only empty words and promises that they will build something, which in reality we know how often mostly uh, end up. I mean, I, I will probably start and run that. So, so obviously, we have a huge network of, of people we know. So we're talking about our investors, which are, if you look at our cap table, it's a, clear, a lot of tier one funds who, who have amazing like, connections and they, they share with us gladly, number one. Number two, we have our own team members who actively research the space, right? And that's how we get early opportunities. And they, we, are, we think we're doing a good job in identifying them. So that's uh, low-hanging fruits. And then sometimes uh, it's just opportunistically, like people reach out to us directly because they see, find us in Google search or just somehow through friends or networks, they see what we do and they reach out to us. Okay. And, and how about tokenomics? Because I think we are seeing more and more projects having a little bit different approach toward the tokenomics. So for example, I don't want to, let's say, say names maybe, but I think what we used to see is that normally like Axie Infinity, I think everyone is taking Axie Infinity as a little bit of the benchmarking, how not to launch the project and how to avoid those issues. So do you also, let's say, support or you, you find some other ways with the projects, how to actually launch their tokenomics to avoid those typical errors? Obviously, yeah. I don't know if anyone found the exact model of success. We are constantly changing models. We're constantly adapting. We're getting more and more picky and more and more strict about everything from the tokenomics to the creating of liquidity to the market making. I mean, to lock up of tokens of the team and then and stuff like that. Cliffs. I mean, we're adjusting these based on markets. I mean, you don't, there is no mod one model that that's it. That's the way to do it. Each project is different. Each project is different stages. Within a different, has different utility cases. Um, there is different distribution, different investors. So advisors that advise them things. So obviously every case is different, but we're trying to be more and more strict with the tokenomics, make sure that there is real use cases for the token and not just plenty of token and then only governance because only governance is not going to bring anything to be honest so we're trying to be more picky and find more use cases both for our token and for future for job projects that we're launching we want to make sure that there's going to be a demand and not just a supply with time yeah. Fully agree. So actually, it's also interesting. So I just last maybe two questions, and I, I, I let the other guys also ask the questions. So exactly, uh, my thing is that uh, are you planning as well to launch 
or incubate more of the products which actually are right now, let's say, very famous, so those move to where, and I know that you also posted an article about it. So I'm also curious about your opinion about uh, what other things maybe different you could launch and also where do you see the next, let's say, I would say new new projects to, to come and also new trends in, in the market in the next months, maybe year? That's a good question. Um, move to earn is not nothing, is nothing new, to be honest. Move to earn existed a long time ago, but it just had a current trend because they found a, a winning formula right now. But like I said, it's probably another trend like a play to earn it will exist right now it's hyped but uh, so you know we see a lot of projects in the space right now trying to be to do very similar stuff each one a little maybe angle a lot of copies and we we've screened probably around i would say with our research analysts around 15 to 20 such projects right now i think we have already like i mentioned we have a pipeline of 20 projects ready to go we have at least two of those, but again, it's a matter of being in the right time in the right market. And right now is probably not the right time. So we'll see how the market and we'll, we monitor trends. Things we think are going to be future trends. Constantine, what's your thought? So listen, I, I wouldn't. I don't want to reinvent the wheel here. Like you know, we we believe that anyone who is building right now infrastructure um, is definitely might might win. You know, the big prize at the end because uh, talking to tier one funds, they still deploy capital. You have to understand if you if you own if you have a fund that is over hundred million dollars, you cannot just completely you know slow down your investing. Income. So you need to somehow deploy, you know, and invest in some projects. And some of them are working actually twice as hard. Because I would say one of the trends that we definitely see is merger and acquisitions. So when the valuations actually, like, they go down to reasonable pricing, and when some of the companies are actually struggling to raise money, guess what's happening? Like, they're being either acquired or they're being invested in more reasonable valuations. And that creates more opportunities for great projects and great teams to build and to be have the runway of one to two years and yes they might not even launch the token like right now they might might choose to postpone the token launch for later but they're still building so this is definitely a trend that is happening every bear market and nothing will change in this one so the advice would be just to make sure you you understand where the revenue will be will come from and you understand what's the value proposition and product market fit. So, regarding that, um, there's going to be multiple other things that will, will happen now. I mean, there's watch, watch to earn, help to earn, move to earn, play to earn, whatever you want to earn. Basically, we've seen even some comical things like a sleep to earn or a... Beer to earn, drink to earn. Yes, whatever uh, to earn. Um, the bottom line is, it's about utility and use cases. Just giving people, just giving people rewards without a substantial, you know, without a serious business behind it, it can't sustain itself. You can't just, it's like printing without, you know, without anything behind it. We've seen what, you know, what happens when you do that. At some point, the pyramid collapse and uh, everyone loses. So we're looking for sustainable model, business models. 
So we'll keep monitoring trends. We'll make sure they improve. They're more sustainable. And, but I can't tell you right now what I think will be the next big something to earn. Very no. sustainable. Definitely, I, mean, I, think, I, I, I think, for example, a watch tour is a good business model because there's actual advertisers that are paying companies big amounts of money in order so if they give rewards to people to watch, for example, they're getting paid for that from a real company. So that's a, that might be, for example, a sustainable business. And we do have a, a, one of our one of our upcoming in the pipeline companies is like that. Those are our real sponsors. I mean, I don't know if you're aware, but when you do an NFL commercial, they're paying a fortune to the broadcaster to show it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like so there is a business, so there is real companies paying for it. So you can, you can there's really someone that's really good to earn something. Yeah. So that's that's something that we're looking at trends that are sustainable and they're real world use cases and companies paying behind them. Okay, fantastic. Appreciate. It. Thank you so yeah. much for for the feedback and uh, for the conversation. Sure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I see there is a question from Alita. Let's open the mic. You know, English is not well understood by all communities. Do you have any regional based Telegram groups, channels, etc.? social media links or video tutorials to make your project easier and faster to understand. If so, please drop this link. Oh, in this case, we have a lot of tutorials. We actually have a, a dedicated help desk um, and a portal with all the videos and all the uh, explanatory articles for, like, for the registration, for any, any single step that you're doing, like, you know, um, to register and to navigate the platform, there is a dedicated customer support system. You can, um, you know, address them in a Telegram group in our community. If you go to Gamespad uh, Telegram official group and chats, uh, you can ping any moderator and they will send you the link. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask That's you again good. another question? Can you tell us about your website UI UX? We have seen many projects to provide smooth UX UI to users. So what steps have you taken to make your products either experience or either interface easier to use? And are there any plans for non-crypto area users? Yeah, so I mean, uh, we, have, we have been developing constantly. We have, uh, I don't know if you saw, we, had, we released a version two of our UI UX. We keep on updating it. We keep on trying to make it more easy to use. Um, so yeah, obviously customer support is important to us. So we tried always to make it easier based on feedbacks and comments from the community. So if you have something specific, we're more happy to hear your feedback. If there's something that you think can be approved or make things easier, then definitely shoot us a message and we'll look into that. We're always open to feedback and um, we always keep on updating and improving our UI and users experience. Um, by the way, just to add a quick one, last month, one of our major hires was quality assurance specialist. So we now have a, a dedicated quality assurance specialist in our team who is, uh, you know, monitoring cross-platform different integrations and cross-platform responsiveness. Uh, so to make sure it's it's the website is responsive on different devices to make sure that if there's any bugs or visual or technical, 
we immediately uh, respond and it goes directly to the team to fix it. Okay. Yes. Um, regarding influencers in general, I'm just going to say something. I mean, obviously, we have influencers we work with, but the current kit, influencers are not that much interested in influencing and working. You know, they want to maintain their credibility with their communities. They don't want to just shield empty projects. Um, so it's harder to work with them at this markets, but we definitely have a lot of good relationships. So that's about the influencers. Okay, and, regarding NFT, and regarding NFTs, I think that, you know, uh, there's been a huge hype, was a, bub a little bit of a bubble with NFTs. I think just like everything else, at the beginning, people don't, mis don't understand exactly the product. People, it's more becoming speculative. And then with time, things adjust and becoming more actual use case and less just speculative. So I think we will find that NFT, the future of NFT is long, but um, there'll be multiple different use cases. It's not going to be just speculative or just art. NFTs can be used in many ways, and I think we'll see those use cases come more and more in fruition and become more popular and not just collections that have no use case, basically. Okay, okay, anyone else? Any other questions? Yeah, thank you. And I see there is two questions. One from Ibrahim. Let's open the mic. We are limited in time, so let's continue. Yeah. And my question is, in this market condition, I'm pretty sure if you would have 10 projects, most probably at least seven won't be able to complete the security criteria and you would need to refund the community, right? But I'm afraid uh, it will be bad for GameSpot investor and partner's reputation because if we, uh, if someone participates in 10 uh, deals and waiting for two months and then he's getting refund after waiting for several weeks, so it will be bad for community uh, investors and also your partners. So uh, how would you... Uh, fix these problems. I mean, obviously, we're trying to be more picky on the projects and make sure that they do well out of the gate because we don't want to, you know, refund is the last, is the last option. So we definitely don't want to be there. But uh, it's just a measure to protect our community. But obviously, we're trying to be more picky and make sure that project will succeed. And that's part of the reason why we're not launching many at this market if at all we just don't think that even a good project will do well in this market so there's no point launching and then doing refunds if we will launch that means that we do believe that they can do enough access for a community that will justify it okay thank you thank you let's open the mic for ibrahim there is question yeah yeah, my question is, how is the teams going to, uh, going to do at this bearish time? As in, how are you guys going to stand at this bearish time? Hello. Um, I think we kind of, yes, I think we kind of covered that, that we said that right now we have a resource in our treasury to sustain operation and I keep on developing and building. 
So we have more and more products, more and more use cases, and we're more and more advanced and prepared for when the bull market comes back or the better market, if not bull market. So we have been preparing for these scenarios. So we have been ready for it and we are building right now. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Let's open the mic for Maxwell. Does token holder have the right to instruct you about the maintenance of your project? Or is there a specific topic uh, topic where the can comment? Yeah, so let me let me I understand the question. Let me probably handle it. So obviously, you know, so so we're not a DAO, right? So we, we want to be very open and clear about it. Like, you know, we try to re really listen to our community. And as you can see, we uh, lately our marketing team and Donna here is our head of marketing, like doing a great job to to uh pro like provide more quizzes like more like really get more feedback from the community like what we should improve what projects what trends are we have to look at and we collect all this information and obviously we do like efforts to make sure we prioritize um all the feedback and if there is a repetitive issue that we come across you know whether it's kyc or process registration or whether it's some kind of other challenges or just improvements we take it seriously and as you've seen we during our several AMAs, we actually report to our community to show that we care about this and we do everything in our forces to uh, to make sure that this is this is uh, done. Now, obviously, you have the right to express your opinion that's uh, as a token holder and as an investor in the project. Now, what does it does it does it mean that we necessarily will have will immediately implement certain like requests no because uh, as i mentioned we have to prioritize things and tasks you know because uh, we have a lot of feedbacks and we have thousands of people so as you can imagine that's that's the only challenging part yes yeah, so to add to that holding tokens is not equity it's not uh, you don't have ownership of the company so it's not a DAO. Uh, even DAOs, in the end of the day they have someone leading them, to be honest. So we're not a DAO and tokens not equity or ownership in the company. We listen to feedback. We actually open a suggestion page in comments, which Dana can share again if you guys want a link to them. But yeah, so hopefully answered your question. Thank you. And we have literally three minutes. We can give one question. Uh, opportunity, so let's open the mic for DeFi King. Yeah, sorry about this. I uh, just wanted to say well done to Constantine and Aaron. Welcome everyone to this uh, AMA on Twitter. And also want to say I'm really glad that I'm part uh, and I'm an investor on Gamespad. And I like how the, how the company is advancing and all the new things that you guys bring to us. And uh, I have two questions. Do you think this market will end by the end of the year? And also, do you think having more more released on uh, on the listing for projects is it good for for the projects and for the investors as well? I mean, we wish we have a crystal ball, but <laughs> we honestly don't know when it's going to end or what's going to be, you know, the outcome. Um, 
definitely let's let's I, I hate to use the category of hope but um, in September there will be a lot of um, major updates on ethereum network and uh, uh, hopefully that will drive more positive news and we see big, like big institutions big banks are coming into crypto and the custody space with you see a lot of traditional brands that are embracing digital assets so it, there, there will be obviously a different trajectory right as as um, in regards of your second question, right, I let probably Iran comment. Yeah, repeat the second question, please, because I wasn't, wasn't clear. For the second question, I've asked if we have like a bigger release on uh, on the listing, you know, like the token generation event. If we have, for example, let's say instead of 2025 20, at the listing, if we have like greater like 40, 50 percent vested at the listing stage, yeah, percentage. I mean, it makes sense for some projects. If it's good, if this is good, if this can be a good thing for both parties, like for the project and for investors, because many people, uh, many people are scared now to invest because they are afraid that obviously in this type of market, projects don't do like 10x, 20, 100. Everyone is uh, dreaming about Lambo and everything, but yeah. if we're being like realistic. Investing yeah. it's a long-term process. Correct. I mean, again, there's pluses and benefits. There's pluses and minuses to what you're talking about. Increasing increasing the percentage for the public on the TGE makes sense. It's you know, no one wants a long vesting, especially not the public. That being said, if a project does it at this kind of market, everyone's selling. So that adds to the sell pressure. So unless you can balance it with the right buy pressure, then you're just setting yourself for failure. So it's always a balance between buy pressure and sell pressure. So if a project is hyped and only raising a small amount in the public, and let's say the private and seed are locked for longer terms, yeah, they can probably sustain, you know, releasing more percentage-wise on TGE to the public. But then again, if they have to release to other investors, don't have enough hype or buy share guaranteed, that's a risk. And that will create the collapse of the price. I mean, no market maker will be able to sustain it. So everyone wants it. This is why in the bull market, projects were releasing even 100% on day one because they knew that there was enough buyers and enough buy pressure to, uh, to absorb it, to absorb all these people dumping on day one. But uh, in current markets, when it's become tougher, there's not as much hype, then you can't release everything unless you're preparing that the price will not increase much. So hopefully that answered the second question. Uh, yes, thank you very much, Aaron. Uh, if I'm allowed, can I have one more question? Uh, we kind of run out of time, so I don't know. Dana? Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, but we already ran out of time. Okay, no problem. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, thank you so much for all your questions. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Thank you, Constantine and Iran, for your uh, like updates. And see you on the next Twitter Spaces. Thank you, everyone. Bye.